Now, I'm going to talk to you today about a subject that's not, you know, something I just would love to preach to you about, but it's something you need to hear because Paul warned all the preachers before he left Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 that when he left, there would be wolves, there would be wolves and there would be other uh, animals that would be coming from the outside in to hurt. Some would be trying to hurt on the outside and some not going inside out. So he said, I warn you, be careful and oversee them. And if there's anything I've tried to do is to hold a pattern, a standard. But we live in a day today that nobody wants to hear no. But there's just some things you can't do and be right. And you can't take a church and treat it like it's a social house. It's the it's place where we worship our God. And where we get together and love on each other. Yes, we have social times. But most of all, the primary reason is preaching, teaching, and reaching. Now, Philip, the preaching deacon, he was... We don't know about the other deacons, but we do know Philip was a preacher. Next, uh, in the, later on in the te- chapter, you'll find that Philip was a preacher. And he had come to Samaria with Jesus in his heart and Jesus on his lips. And then the people started getting saved. I mean, folks just giving their heart to Christ and getting born again and saved. And it was amazing as God's power was delivering people from Satan's stronghold. And as a result, the Bible tells us that great joy came to that city. Look at verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. Did the city council bring it? No. Did the city government bring it? No. Did the uh, uh, government of the area bring it? No. Did some politician bring it? No. It was the child of God that brought it. And he had joy. In the, it don't bother me. You preach on anything you want to that I used to do. I'm not getting mad about it. I'm glad I got out of it. But you can preach on something. I, uh, my last church, uh, uh, a guy came up to me and whispered in my ear. He said, well, man, you, you preach today on divorce. And you, you know we do have a few divorced people in our church. I said, so? Well, you know, you just got to be careful. I, don't have, I said, I don't have to be careful with anything God said. No, no, they need to be careful. But... I don't have to be careful. But he was wanting me to leave out something because there was someone it was affecting. Listen, when I got saved, the things I'm delivered from, things I got saved from, I want the preacher to preach on. I want him to preach on. I didn't mean to say all that, but in the midst of all of these changes in their life came a joy killer named Simon. A joy killer. We've had them here, quite a few. Ever since I've been pastor, we've had them in every church. I have been in revivals and wherever it goes. Uh, Brother Andy and I was preaching somewhere in the middle of the woods in Kentucky, and they uh, uh, 
we, we, did, we, we had some problems there on the very first night. But now they repented, and last, they, I've been back twice, and they, they were laying all over the floor weeping and crying and repenting. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And so verse number 9, though, tells us even though there's joy, that's when Satan moves in. You see, Satan is a miracle monger. He, he, he is a, a power-possessed. He, he wants power in his life. He is moved by money. He's a glory-grabbing joy killer. Somebody has flattered him so much, and he's fat on his own praise. God help us not to get fat on what God does through us. We didn't do it. God did it. Philip was just a born-again child of God that God called to preach. And we've had two or three deacons, one a pastor now, uh, that that came out of our church. Um, And it's a good thing, I think, for a pastor to be a deacon and sit through a deacon's meeting. All I ask them to do is just give us one year, and then if God tells you to go somewhere, go. But you need to serve one year just to see that there is an ugly side to church as well as there's a pretty side. And so the devil couldn't stop these believers, but verse number 9 uses a word that explains something to us. He said, but, and I have to be real careful when I use that word, because if I put any other adjective around it, it can get, in, you know, get me in hot water. But the word but is B-U-T, not B-U-T-T, all right? It indicates, that word's important. Listen, it indicates something is about to change. It's been great joy in the city. Great joy with people coming to Christ But now, but, something is about to change. And so God uh, is telling us here that that chains came through a certain man called Simon. He was a sorcerer. He bewitched the people. And so the devil couldn't stop them by the pain that he put on them outside. He couldn't stop them by imprisoning them. He couldn't stop them by pressure from the outside and and jail time from the outside. He couldn't stop them that way. So he said, I will stop them by gaining power in the church. So he coveted leadership and lust for power and prominence. This was a good place for him to take it in the church. I know some of you uh, don't like, or you come from churches that, that did it. Maybe you do or don't like it, but it doesn't matter. It's biblical. You, 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 most churches think you ought to have a business meeting every month, and you, ought, you, know, you sit there in a boring business meeting and read the minutes of what happened last time. Now, what are we going to do about what happened at the last meeting? Go back in time? That's what, and, and so it, it's not anywhere in the Bible that that's church government. You, you say, why? Because if you open up the, the, 
the church to make the decisions, you let every carnal, demon-possessed, lost sinner stand up and say something. And so I found out a long time ago there's one way to govern the church. And I've been doing that, see here, and Hillcrest has been blessed and we've grown because of it until some doesn't want it. But that's their problem. I don't know what will happen in the future, but if the pastor is not the leader of the church and the pastor is not in on the decisions of the church, you don't have a biblical church. Might have a church, but not a biblical one. You see, here's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to ruin and run God's church. He wants to run God's church, and he wants to ruin God's church. It's how you know that, because he came. Remember what he came for? To steal and kill and destroy. That's what he came to do. So you say, well, how can I tell the joy killer? Number one. He will be powerful in his bewitching. That's in verses 9 through 12. The word sorcery here means black magic, uh, magic artist. It means he had a supernatural demonic power about him. And not too awful long ago, a young lady walked down this aisle and looked at me, and she said, I am a witch. I preached that night, I think, on it. I am a witch. I said, well, you didn't get saved. And she said, I'm a good witch. I said, there's no good witches. I said, you were in the pawn and in the hand of a devil. And she said, I'm a Wiccan. I'm a good witch. And there's no good witches. I don't think y'all teach your kids that a witch rides around their bedroom at night on a broom. At least step it up to a new age and get a Jetson car or something. <laughs> That's just demons. And, and what does he do? He bewitches them. He had bewitched them. That word means he astounded them by power. Now remember, he's of the devil, so he does have power. He, he confounded them. He created amazement among them. He had quite a reputation. And they, fact, even spoke of him who is of the great God. They put this sorcerer on the level of God. They said his power came from God. His miracles came from God. That's why when you find a guy who don't want to work and make a living... He'll get on television, and if he's got charisma about him, he'll preach a few little verses, uh, even if he does that, and then they start passing five-gallon buckets around through the church and uh, through the auditoriums, and they collect thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. A friend of mine told me that he he it, he was there on a part of it, and they would they would have a long tables set up, and they would all come and dump those that those buckets on that table and count it. They said it, it just in one crusade, one night. There's no telling how much money came in. Why? Because he bewitched the people. You see, but also we had a person in this area 
who went down. I'll try anything. She was crippled, couldn't walk. I'll try anything. And I would advise her not to go. She wasn't a member of our church, but I would advise her if they'd asked me not to go. But So she went to a Benny Hinn crusade. And she sat there and they sat there and they sat there and they put them in this line and they sat there. And every now and then they come and get somebody behind her or somebody in front of her out of the line, take them up on stage. And then they come back down and get one down here, take them upstate. Now, they was ahead of them, but they got them. Let me tell you why. Because all of it was prearranged. But on television, you don't see that. And so what do they do? They slay people in the spirit. Yeah. I'd love to start doing that. Boom! (laughs) Just slay them in the spirit. And they just fall out like dead people on the ground. You know, the only person, the only time that happens in Scripture was to unbelievers. Keep that on your mind next time you... Well, I think Benny's done got enough trouble. He's maybe out of the picture. But where it's Rod Parsley or Joel Osteen or whoever it is, be careful because they have that spirit to bewitch you. When one like this gets into a church, they expect the same power they had in society. They expect the same glory they had in society. They expect to be treated in the church the same way they were in society. Aren't you glad that in church, everybody is level at the foot of the cross? There's no rich people with God, poor people with God, black people with God, white people with God, red red people with God. There is none of that in the Bible. All God said that he died for the world. That's every color, every kind, and every tongue. And you'll find it in the Bible written to us. So notice what happened. the, The second thing you can find, not only is he powerful in his bewitching, That means he had their ear, according to verse number 10. He had their ear to whom they all gave heed. From the least to the greatest, saying, this man's the great power of God. You see, this Simon the sorcerer had these people bewitched to the fact that he had their ear. They were listening to what he told them. They were doing what he told them. He was the great God. The scripture said they gave him that credit. But notice when they, verse 12, when they believed Philip preaching the things God. In other words, folks here starts to get saved in Samaria. Do you remember in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, Jesus specifically said, secondly, after Jerusalem was Samaria. And so they go to Samaria. And he, he sees that he's losing his power. He sees that they're laying there, they're laying down before the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're getting saved, and they're getting changed, and and the devil has no power over them anymore. Uh, he's losing his power. So notice in twelve, when they believed Philip's preaching and were baptized, even men and women. So when that happens, you'll see in verse number twelve it says, "But when." In other words, that refers to the fact that he lost his power. 
He professed then, he said, I'll just, if you can't beat them, join them. And so he joined the church. Have you ever asked somebody if they're saved and going to heaven? Here's what they'll say. Well, I'm a member down at church. I joined the church one time. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't base my salvation. I wouldn't give a half a hallelujah for that kind of salvation. That's just not salvation. A lot of people joined the church. We've had a lot of people join here. But as time went by, it's obvious that they did not know Jesus Christ. So the Bible says he professed to believe, but he realizes he, since he's lost his spell over him, uh, you know, that would probably, that would tick some Baptists off. Yeah, that would tick some. I, yeah, I, 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 but this morning, if I... If I'd have called uh, Travis Humms again, he wouldn't have got mad and left. In fact, when I called him that, he didn't get mad and leave. In fact, he just got hotter for God. He got hot for God. But some folks get mad and leave. In fact, I heard that that was even done. And because I had said something wrong. And folks, let me tell you something. We can't mess up God's word. It is, when, you de- when you dedicate your baby, it's not a time to have a baby contest. We're not here so everybody can say, oh, ain't they pretty? No, when we dedicate a baby, you know why we dedicate a baby? That mama and daddy is saying, God, we'll do everything we can to raise this baby to love Jesus. So it's not, the baby has nothing to do with it. He's just a bystander. Well, armstander. And so I appreciate their spirit. I appreciate people who has good spirits and, and, has, and, and can handle a little humor when things don't go right. The second way you can tell them, not only do they profess to believe, but they... Uh, not only do they, not only do they, are they powerful in their bewitching, which we could talk about that all day, but I, I don't want to do that. Secondly, they profess to believe. Joy killers, not always. Some of them are saved. They're just backslidden, bitter, sour. But joy killers must always profess to believe. She said they they can't get in unless they profess to believe. They don't have a chance of messing up that crowd who has believed on Jesus unless they get in. And the only way to get in is to give your heart to Jesus Christ, to fall on your face and call upon his name as Lord. And he said, that's the only way I can get in, so I'll do that. Now, he answered all the questions right, did everything out. But thank God, Jesus can set us free from those people who stick spells on us. Once we see Jesus, we see men for who they really are. The day I got saved, I started seeing people different than I'd ever seen them before. And you will too when you come to know the Lord Jesus. There are those in the church today that seems too um, hold the church in their hand. It's 
Somebody tells me, I get a call probably every week saying, well, you know, in my church, there's a few people that's ran this church for all these years. They've had their way, is what he means. They've had their way. They bought their way if they had to, but they run things, and everybody's scared of them. And you let a real Holy Ghost preacher come in, they'll start leaving. First of all, try to throw the preacher out. If you can't get the preacher thrown out, then they'll move on and mess up somebody else's church. Most of the time, they get the preacher thrown out. They make it so hard, make it so difficult that God can't bless the church, and no preacher wants to preach to a church that God can't bless. So thank God Jesus can set us free from those spells. He, can, he, he breaks the spells. He breaks the spells. It probably ran through Simon's mind. And I, I'm just joining them because I can't beat them anyway else. Simon was so fascinated by the miracles that Philip was doing he made a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ and, according to the Scripture, was baptized. And so on that day, a demon joined the church. No, don't. Now, it's not, don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't you sit back there in that pew and say, you know what? I believe that's one of them demons joined our church today. You don't know that. <laughs> In fact, they may, be loved, they may live for Christ stronger than you do. They may love Christ stronger than you do. You ought to be happy when people get saved. Now, whether they're saved or not saved, this is not the great white throne, and we don't get to set it up down here like the Calvinists think they can. Friend, I'm telling you that we don't know which one is the tares, but Jesus does. And this was maybe one of the first tares that was sowed in the church. But it's no doubt Philip, for this prominent one to profess salvation, but later on it was a disappointment to hear and see who he really was. Many of us have invested greatly in people and they deceived us in their consecration or whatever the case might be. Over all my years of ministry, I've seen it time and time again. They want to use you to either run or ruin the church. Uh, many so-called Christians disappoint us. I want to talk to you about that a minute. Simon was fascinated by what he saw. But remember this. Don't let a disappointed, disappointed person stop you from going on for Jesus Christ. Say, well, it won't do any good anyway. They'll just back up. Don't say that. Listen, Jesus only had one out of four saved. He sowed the tares. That's what he said. Folks, if we retain, if we retain 25%, that's what Jesus did in the parable. So obviously it was a pretty good number. 
So there's going to be a whole lot of people professing but not possessing. So you see Simon's control, you see Simon's concern, and you see Simon's confession all wrapped up there in those few verses that we see right there. This voodoo man. And I don't care where it's down in New Orleans. I don't care where where it's on Jersey Shore. I don't care where it is. Voodoo, witchcraft, anything that gives power and claims it's from God except Jesus Christ is wrong. You need to stay away from them. I had a friend of mine walking down Bourbon Street not to get bourbon. But we, we was having a, mention, a convention there, and so when they let out, they stay open about all the time, and so we just, I said, I just want to walk down and watch that thing. Let's see what's going on. So we went down there. Sure enough, it was a mess. I'm telling you, they was jumping up and down. They were swinging out of windows. They didn't have clothes on. They was all kinds of things happening down there on those streets. It was, it was the most sickening thing I'd ever seen. And then I told my, my buddies, I said, Let, let's get up early tomorrow and let's go down there and, and see what that place looked like. You see, I had, all of them inside those buildings had the lights turned down so low because in my place, I saw a roach that long crawling across the brick wall. I just happened to be close enough to see it. I figured if there's one that long, there's probably a whole bunch more this long. And we walked down there that morning. It stunk. It stunk. It was nasty. And they was taking hose pipes and washing out their buildings so they could dim the lights again and deceive the people. God help us. And now we're on television advertising our casinos. It's the closest to us. The closest to us. So some people will disappoint us. But Satan, here's what he's doing. He's planning deceivers because he looks at it this way. When he can't devour by roaring, he'll deceive like a serpent. That's what he does. If his roaring don't work, his deception will. And he plants those tares among the wheat. Now, you say, well, what did you believe this guy was saved? No, he wasn't saved. No. Uh, In fact, it, it seems to be that it looked like he was. But in verse number 21, Jesus, uh, 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 the preacher said, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. And, and every time that there's something said to him later on, it's about the fact that he's wicked and unrighteous. So I don't think he was saved at all. I think he was just hungry for power. So I don't think he believed. Now, here's what I do think he did. He believed in the miracles he saw. Listen, folks, you can't get saved by the miracles except for the one that happened on Calvary's hill and in an open tomb on the third day. That's the only miracle you can believe in to get saved. 
Oh, I just believe though, if, if, if somebody would go, they would hear them because they may not hear me. Listen, Jesus said, if they won't hear the prophets, they won't even hear me if I come. Folks, it's the message we've got to see, not the miracles. I've had some miracles, and I thank God for it. We've seen miracles here, and I thank God for it. But we wasn't saved by them. Because in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, the Bible is clear. Mouth confession doesn't mean heart salvation. In John chapter 2, verse 23 and 25, the Bible says many believed on him. But the Bible said Jesus knew what was in them. He knew. John chapter 2, verse 23 and 25. Read it. James chapter 2, verse 19 said, Thou believest that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Did you know the demons are more afraid of God and, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ than the church is? Mm, help us, God. Somebody just give me an Amen. I mean, we, we're so deceived in our thinking, so deceived in our mind. We, we, we're like the store uh, that, that the, the, this Christmas that put in their window, that, you know, that everybody had their little sale thing, and they put in their window, buy one shoe and get the other free. <laughs> and I heard, I believe they were from our church say, that's a good deal. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> but uh, you, you see, we're gullible to that kind of stuff. We'll accept that myth. Why? We get deceived. We get so excited about our buying stuff that we really don't need to buy. And we get deceived. I got a great deal. How do you know? Because it's marked on here, this shirt was worth $65. And it was marked down to 30 That's a great deal. No, they do that every, time, every day. And if you'll wait a little while, you can buy that shirt for $19.99. <laughs> but faith cometh by hearing and Hearing the word of God. You see, men operate with their eyes. God operates on our hearts. And God's people use their hearts. So he didn't want salvation. He wanted prominence. But we also make mistakes about people. We have to be careful. Sometimes we do. But Philip's motives was right. Philip had no intentions of bringing a demon into the church. His motives were right. Don't blame a preacher who gets a lot of folks saved or it looks like they're saved. Don't you try to say, well, half of them not saved and half of them is. It's, it, that's not your call. Just be happy some got saved. You know, I, we had, we've had parents that won't let their kids come on Friday to our Bible school because we give an invitation, Amen. and we, we've, we've changed the day so they don't know now. <laughs> and, 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 and they don't come because they say, 
I don't, I don't believe, believe my child's ready. Well, since when did you get to be the Holy Spirit? I've seen some little kids who knows a whole lot more about God than their mom and daddy did. And so we often make mistakes about people, and we can't help that. I can't help that I've made some mistakes by receiving people into the church. We probably ought to be a little bit more thorough. And we ought to understand, hey, are you loyal? Are you going to be dedicated? Are you going to have a sweet spirit? Are you going to bring joy to this church, or are you going to kill joy in this church? Y'all know what I'm saying? The, the Bible says we can stop being deceived. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to have to quit. 1 Corinthians 6. Is that in y'all's Bible? Okay. Look in verse number 9. You got it? Put your finger on it. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. You don't have to be deceived. You know this book well enough. You walk with God close enough, and you are not deceived about your salvation. If you're confused, that's the of the devil. It's not of Jesus, not of the Holy Spirit. Confusion never comes from God. Now, let's look. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. That means homosexual or any kind of unnatural kind of sexual relationship, nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now stop there. You want to stop there? No. I don't want to stop there either. He said, and such were some of you. But you are washed, and you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Uh, how many people has been saved are not saved because it was up to them not to be deceived? And they had rather be deceived as to be saved because they didn't want to give up their sins. Until you're ready to quit being a drunkard, you won't ever get released and your chains broke. You won't ever get freed until you want to repent that. I found out a long time ago when I'd come home not inebriated and I'd have to put one foot on the float forward trying to lay in the bed and everything was going around and I'd be sitting there saying, I'm thinking, go to hell, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. God, do something. But what I was really saying, do something, God, and tomorrow night I'm going to do the same thing. Just make it better. Make sin easier. Uh, the wages of sin. Yeah, it's death, that's right. As much as Paul believed that faith alone saved, he also believed that that kind of faith did something in somebody that 
he would never be the same again. So a joy killer professes to believe where they are not excluded in the body. They'll even give you a testimony. So when they do that, they now have a voice. When they do that, they now have a vote. When they do that, they can maybe wiggle into the certain committee or, or they can uh, help over here or help over there so that they can be perceived as such a wonderful person. And I've watched it happen. The third thing is he is present among believers. Look, he continued with Philip. Beholding. They're usually at everything and in everything. They come to every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They'll do anything that they can because they know that that's the way they work their stuff up for the power. And like a vulture over a dead carcass, those demons are walking among us. And when they are not present, the spirit is much more blessed and joyful. Can I get an amen? But this was a transition period up until now. This had been a Jerusalem church, only Jews. It was a 100% Jew church. But Acts 1.8 called for this to broaden. Jesus said, I didn't come just so the Jews could be saved. I came so the world could be saved. And so we'll start at Samaria, and then we'll go to Judea, and then we'll work ourselves on down around the world. And that's what he's done. God was uniting the church, including Samaritans when they wouldn't even walk through their towns, and now God's saving them and including them. Isn't that sweet? Uh, you can't just pray a prayer and be saved, although you need to pray a prayer to be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a prayer. But when you call upon the name of the who? 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 Lord. That means you have called upon one and you have bowed before him to sit on the throne of your heart and to live for Jesus. God was uniting the church. And I'll just give you these last points. You can go look them up yourself. Verse 18 and 19, you'll find that he'll be prominent in the body. In verses 20 through 24, he'll be perceived to be backslidden. When Peter got down there, he told him, I perceive in my heart. I perceive in my heart. You're not right with God. So he's perceived to be backslidden. I'm glad that we have some folks in our church with some discernment. I'm glad God gave me that gift, discernment. I know just because you know something don't mean you can fix something, but I, I know a whole lot about people through, I believe, spiritual discernment than I ever do by what they tell me. And so when that happens, I need to understand when I come to Jesus Christ, I bring nothing but me and my sin. 
Your money will perish with thee. Verse 21, his concerns are selfish. Verse 22, his conviction is ignored. He gets so hard. And his condition in verse 23 and 24 is miserable. You're in the gall of bitterness. You're in the bond of iniquity. And he couldn't even pray because he said, he said in verse 24, hey, hey, Pray, pray for me. Pray to the Lord that none of these things which are spoken comes upon me. And we don't find they stop, and we don't know where he did or didn't. But I believe Simon went to hell because somebody else cannot, you can't get saved by proxy. You see, I can't pray a prayer for you to be saved. I can't repent for you. I can repent for me. I can pray for me. I can pray with you, and I'm glad to do so. But I cannot pray that you'll be saved until you are want to with a repentant heart, believing everything that happened on Calvary's cross was enough to pay the price for your sin, and that Jesus really did rise from the dead, and that he's coming back. And the way it looks to me, it won't be long. Ah, things are getting stirred up again in Israel. Watch it. What, what, watch it. Watch it. You see, we've declared now everything else is in Jerusalem. It's the capital of the land. The Gennesset is there. All the governmental affairs is in Jerusalem. And so he says it ought to be the capital. The Jews claim it as capital anyway. Because it always was the head of the country, even when David. So you need to understand that when you get in that condition, you get hard, you get cold, you get bitter, you get sour, you get all hateful in your heart, you're a joy killer. Hard preaching don't make me lose my joy. It's sin in my life that makes me lose my joy. So they cannot pray. Wouldn't it be horrible not to be able to pray? Oh, man. Driving in Lebanon, if you couldn't pray? <laughs> Folks, do they, I reckon they teach them anything about driving here? Because nobody knows how, what to do at a four-way stop. There's some people sit there 10 minutes. You go, oh, mm, 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 mm. 10 cars behind them, and they're, they're letting everybody go. So remember, one of these days, you're going to need to pray really bad. Y'all hear me? You're going to need to fall on your knees and cry out to Jesus. Won't you let it be today? Oh, I can't, I, I can't get saved today. Well, have you ever been under conviction? Well, I don't think so. I don't, th I don't, I don't believe that. If you've ever been to church, very much you have. I believe the Holy Spirit has convicted you. I believe there's times that you wanted to walk out and admit that you needed to be saved. He's convicted you. That's a calling. 
That's what calling. He's calling you. Come, 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 come. Don't sit up there and be a joy killer. Don't sit down here and be a joy killer. Don't sit, ain't nobody back there, and be a joy killer. Want to be saved. The old devil hadn't changed, but neither has Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved.